Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Oh, what now we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm funny. glad. I'm glad that I is funny. I'm glad I didn't do that joke just now because I looked at how we were recording. <laughs> you had to break it, Kay. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> just slide into it. Slide into it. That's what she said. <laughs> thank you. Thank. Ooh. I knew it was coming. God damn. It. I prefer a good push. Push. How about you, good? Matt? Do you like your chips unsalted? No, I'm with Kay. I like the assaulted chips. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who said that? I don't know what you're talking about. Sometimes you just gotta so give like, it to the bag, like, like little old assaulted bag, like little tiny crumbs of chips. You like those like pre-crushed chips in the bag? Just punch them and they're just like, salted. Yeah. yeah. So you were telling me about a chips in England. Sorry, crisps in England. Crisps in England. Yes. Crisps that uh, they're, you, they're they, you have a they're unsalted, but they come with a side of salt. Yes. And you salt them yourself. Yes. That's too much work. See, here in lazy North America, it just comes pre-salted. Just, you know, better. But you can salt better. to your taste, I guess, that way. Do you also have, like, a little packet of vinegar on the side, too? I don't think so. See, Although, that's that right there. That's Now we're talking. Yeah. A little fresh vinegar, fresh salt, salt them yourself. Woo! Mm-hmm. The only thing that would be better are fresh-made crisps, and you're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they, you can't put the little, the little shop in the bag. You have to... Yeah. Little, little elves in a bag making fresh chip crisps would be weird. You can, but it's incredibly cruel to the elves. Well, nobody cares about the elves. I mean, come on. Well, elves, that depends what area of England we're talking about uh, here. Oh, yeah. There's some that are very, very profane. Just don't give them socks. Right. Huh. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shock number 454. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Oh, my. Yowza. Fact check Andy. Thank you for making up for yeah. Maple list, Leaf Matt, listless K and <laughs> sad face Matt. Jeez, gentlemen, are you okay? Who peed yeah, in your cornflakes? Well, nobody, because you have to make it yourself. So you pee ah. the cornflakes from the side, right? Mm-hmm. And then you <laughs> right. Wow. So it's me. Yeah. You want some ointment for that burn, Andy? I just want to know what prison he was in where you this. <laughs> North of the wall. <laughs> North of the wall. Yes. <laughs> Gentlemen, what geeky things to do this week? Uh, I purchased and uh, and um, purchased and uh, played the uh, Rick and Morty deck builder. Purchased and played this Cryptozoics. Yes. So is it? How is it? I got to know. I really enjoy it. Kay thinks it's too complicated, but uh, I, I think nah. it's real. I, I think it's themed. <laughs> wow, he like called Jarrett. Right? I did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just, no, I've, I've only played it twice, and I and uh, I'm still sort of working out the the kinks in it. But I think it's I think it's as good as the original DC deck builder. That it, is a remark there because that is a hot take. Oh, a hot take. And that is one of the best deck building games ever. In fact, in some one. aspects, it may be a little better because it's, nope, it's kind I don't of you. it's kind of themed. <laughs> They're actually the, the the gameplay actually makes sense. Whereas the DC, it's like, why am I buying villains to fight the villains with the villains? You know. And this one, you're buying Mortys, right? Uh, you're buying Ricks and Mortys, and the uh, the vulnerabilities are the Beths and the Jerrys. And oh, okay. Yeah. And it it has things where like there are cards that actually will trigger 
uh, when you use a vulnerability <laughs> like a Beth or a Jerry. So, you know, there are less vulnerabilities in terms of being chaff and more like they're just, they don't give you points in final scoring, but they can be useful during the, the, the gameplay itself. And that's, that's actually a neat, uh, a neat aspect. The, the, what Andy was referring to is there is a hell of a lot of, if you got this, you can this. If you got that, you can that. If you have this, then there is this. And, don't, and, and there's a lot, you know, the, the, uh, the, the cork board of relationships oh. is like cluttered with yarn. Which makes sense for a Rick and Morty game. Yeah, yeah. But it's incredibly inventive. It references a hell of a lot. It's got, I, I assume that's original art. Is it? I don't know. You know? <laughs> uh, or, 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 well, no, I'm sorry, not original. What I mean is it looks like the comic, the, the cartoon. So it's very good yeah. in that regard. It's boy, this, oh boy, there's a lot. Yeah, there is. Uh, there's another, uh, in the, the DC deck building game, there's three piles. There's the supervillains you're fighting. There's the uh, kicks. Weaknesses. And then, yeah, weaknesses. Kicks are just adding kicks are just generic two, power to your deck. Right. And this one, the, the kicks are, in, are replaced with um, portal guns, uh, which have a small some power, but they're mostly used for opening up the fourth deck, which is sitting up there on this, which is the locations. So you open up the locations wow. and play locations immediately from that deck. And you can buy them that turn. Um, but the locations are weird. Some of them are pretty good and some of them are like, eh. But they're all, there's tons of them. So there's a good chance of ending up with like there's eight, a, lot, a yeah. ton of locations in front no, of you. Because when you play locations, they stay in front of you and you play them every turn you play. Interesting, interesting. Now, are, would you say the two games are compatible? They are according to the box, although I don't know how the hell you do it. Yeah. Eh. It actually says that on the box that, that, that it, compatible it's, it's with all compatible other with all the Yes. But this would be a challenge. All right. Mix those two together. Especially if they have specific cards that only go to specific cards. Mm -hmm. That would be a lot rarer to come across if you mix the two yeah. games together. Well, that's together. always been a problem when you mix two of the decks. You, you end up like... Uh, uh, in the basic game, there are the Suicide Squad and one of the techniques is to grab all the suicide squads because they're worth one point at the end of the game for each one you have so they they grow up so if you have three of them they're worth three points exponentially thank you but if you're playing with that one in the sequel game then you're much more likely to get that many suicide squads before the game is over so there's always a bit of thinning down when you act that the decks together I imagine it changes strategy entirely. We yeah. discovered that with Munchkin when we did like big, huge mixes, and mm -hmm. it got crazy. Yeah, because so. with Munchkin you can make your own game basically. Can you mix the uh, the the space? What tells the space one? Um, Munchkin space. I think it might be Munchkin space, but there's a Munchkin space one. There's a Munchkin Western one. You mix those to get your Firefly Munchkin. Right. Yeah. yeah. But but that's then, fun. Yeah. Two. I think we decided two was pretty much. Pretty much what you go for. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like Jelly Belly Jelly Beans. You can mix the, the the peanut one together and the grape one together. You got peanut butter and jelly. But if you also throw a coconut one in there, it gets weird. Mm. Yeah. 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 What else have we been doing this week, guys? Well, we played uh, Star Wars Life, mm. the game of life, Star Wars. I love the game of life. How, how does uh, the game of life translate in the Star Wars universe? Well, uh, you have the option of going to the dark side and being a dick. 
Yeah, you do. You do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I played you. <laughs> Let me guess. You were the one that did that. Uh-huh. Of course. Yeah. Can only one of you do it, or can everyone do it? I Anyone. didn't need to guess. Anyone. <laughs> but it's funny, because there are... Uh, it'll end with a big showdown between any Sith and, and any Jedi. Da-da. And... As you run through the tracks, you're accumulating skills. There's four skills, and you're accumulating uh, ranks in them. Ah. And it's like little RPG action. And there. the fucking Sith actually can land on squares that say, take any two skills from any player. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, it's fun. Yeah, and Andy's just sitting there plucking skills off of you. Oh, and it's just from you, right? Uh, no, no, no. It. He was actually tagging Lewis a lot. Lewis was trying to be Sith also, but then he realized I was I was just getting higher roles. So I was way ahead of the map. And at the end of the game, uh, the first second there's a first, second, and third place. I was prize. building up to that. Oh, sorry, you go. On, sorry. Um, we're, we're, so you run through the tracks, and when you get to the end, the Jedi. Uh, in order of hitting the uh, the 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 final Jedi trial spot, um, if you make your trial, the first Jedi to hit it gets six skills to put in wherever. The second gets four. The third gets two. one. One I or think. two. One or two. Yeah. With the Sith, the first Sith gets four skills, and that's it. So you got to be the first Sith there, or you're not getting any kind of a boost. Ah, so that's the risk reward of and the dark there, side. yeah, and there's also strategy involved because you have to, you have because it's it's a it's life, so it's a spin of ten. We use ten sided die though because the spitter sucks. they never work right unless yeah. you oil them properly. As as Stephanie said, true to life tradition, they suck. <laughs> so. Um, we use ten-sided die, and basically, you roll the ten-sider. You add your skill, and it's a roll-off. Whoever gets higher wins. And um, uh, Andy had, uh, because he's Sith, very quickly picked up tons of fighting. And and you had what fourteen? He had yeah, like fourteen or fifteen. Fourteen or fifteen skill ranks in fighting, which basically means that if uh, if your if your fighting isn't up there, Andy will instantly win. And so Lewis, being Lewis, stopped collecting fighting at the at midway through the game and started putting it everywhere else. Because the showdown is three skills. The Sith chooses which three skills you will roll off on. And oh, his fighting wow. was uh, Andy's fighting was so off the scale you knew. That was going to be one of them. So then you're looking at trying to figure out what skills to parse out. And and Lewis is advising me because I was the first of the Jedi. So he's advising me on how to dole out skills. You and mean you weren't the last Jedi? Nope. Although I love the last Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was the first one. Stephanie made it next, and then uh, then we were all just then you go on hold until the last person makes it, and we were waiting for Lewis, and it was fantastic because Lewis is looking at Andy's layout, and Andy's doing real well, but we're all I was actually impressed with how balanced it turned out because mm-hmm. I thought Andy going in there was skilled out and was just a monster, and I was like, well, this is fucking stupid, but by the time each of us got in there. We were doing okay. I was very surprised at that. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think it's weighted towards the Jedi pretty heavily. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm not, 
I'm it's going to be a tough fight with me against Andy. Lewis is coming in and he is uh, looking at Andy's skill ranks and then he hits just before the Jedi trial, the last square before the, the Jedi last trial. square. That's a good square. Exchange any skills for any skills. So he just wipes what little he had in he stopped fighting so it was energy. Because there's logic, intuition, energy, and fighting. Right. So he had stopped collecting. Am I, am I remembering this? I right? think he you're right. He stopped collecting fighting, so he wiped. No, that can't be right. He, he took, took all of his energy rankings and he, put them into logic. And, yeah, uh, and he put it into logic and intuition so that Andy would definitely had the first two rolls uh, easy. But the third one, whatever Andy picked... He was going to have a tough roll. I was going against Lewis's plus seven or eight. I had to roll ridiculously high. Yeah. And he had to roll high, and Lewis had to roll stupid low for and, Andy to win. And for the Sith to win, it's three. You have to win. He three has to rolls. win all three. Wow! And uh, the Jedi just have to win one, and good conquers. And and Lewis, being Lewis, he he came out in the end and won. But uh, you agree with me that Lewis was definitely aiming for Sith until he saw how far ahead I got. Maybe I'm pretty sure. I think he was. I think he was strategizing, and I think he. Because you're right, it is kind of weighted towards the Jedi. Because uh, the Smith, the Smith, the Sith are faster. Their tracks are shorter, but they get tons of skills thrown at them, and they can also peel away from Jedi. But uh, the Jedi have the long tracks and can get a lot of skills, and that builds them up. Right. And also, the Sith lose their Jedi Master when they become Sith, and the Jedi Master gives you boosts. Ah. So, so it is. It is. It is weighted towards the Jedi, but I don't think it's. It's. Um, I mean, it's hugely so, and it depends. I mean, if there were two Sith and two Jedi, that would have been interesting. Yeah. So, because I was thinking, oh, I might go Sith, and then I was like, nah, I wanna, I wanna try the long way. I didn't think to ask, but what happens if nobody goes Sith? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Two Jedi, you know, the Jedi fight it out. I don't know. I, it, it, I didn't. I never checked the rules in. Well, with most gaming groups, I assume that'll never be an issue. So, yeah. <laughs> we also introduced uh, uh, rum cake to uh, uh, Five Minute Dungeon. Ah, how'd she like it? She liked it. Uh, but she, of course, being rum cake, she was immediately doing research while we're playing and found out that they now have Five Minute Marvel. Oh, oh yeah, fun! Really? Yeah, Five Minute Marvel. Five yes. Minute Marvel, Matt. Hmm. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> Yes. When she when she said, "Oh, they got five minute Marvel," it was just like, "Get the fuck out!" Should be oh Marvel Matt instead of Maple Leaf Matt. That no. was something. Warhammer Matt. It is. It is. Uh... I knew you'd like that. Force <laughs> Commander Matt. There we go. <laughs> War Matter. Wasn't this settled two years ago? I know it wasn't. Well, that's War fine. Matter. But but I'm still looking forward to uh, Warhammer Munchkin. Is it Warhammer Munchkin? Yep. Yes. yes. Oh Next. yeah. Warhammer yeah. 40k Munchkin. Very, I still very I st- specific. I still want to get the uh, Rick and uh, uh, it's a Rick and Morty Munchkin. I think is there? there. I think yeah. there might yes, be. Yes, there is. I'm getting confused because they're starting to put out a ton of Rick and Morty stuff. Well, and, and this this Rick and Morty deck builder makes up for the Rick and Morty. Um, oh, what's the other one we played? Dice game. Not the, not the not the die and play the dice game. There's a uh, the one where you go in the body. 
No, there's there's one that's based on uh, the one we're trying to figure out who's the real Morty, who real Rick and Morty. There's uh, oh the uh, evil Morty. Uh, no, that's that's in this one, but there's there's a no no no. I mean I mean, but it's based off of the the evil Morty character thing. And oh, you, see, I thought it was the one with the the memory <laughs> leeches. Oh, it's or whatever Total Recall. Yeah, that's what it's called, Total Recall. Yeah. It's my favorite Rick and Morty episode. It's ever. a it's a great episode, but it's uh it's uh the game is not as strong as it could be. It's fine. Oh. But it's not as strong as is this it, game. Is it is like Werewolf strong. where you try to guess who the werewolf is kind in the group? of a little bit, but but it's more Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I always it's go back to mechanic. that that Camelot game we played when Barry and Deb Camelot. visited. Oh yeah. You guys. <laughs> <laughs> Shadows I'm over sitting Camelot? over there on the couch. I'm like, I'm glad I'm not playing because you oh guys are idiots. <laughs> Is that Shadows Over Camelot that you're playing? Um, I, I don't remember. It's a basically title. werewolf game. Oh, but it's like the werewolf okay, game. Okay, yes, you got to figure thinking. out who. Who everybody is, and <laughs> and Lewis is trying to get us starting. He's like, "Okay, everyone, put your hands in." Now the people who are wait, wait, wait. How do you know if you're? Oh, look at the carbon. Okay, oh, everybody, man. put your hand. Yeah, and then finally, <laughs> Lewis getting exasperated. It's so funny because he's just a couple steps ahead of everybody, yeah. and we're all just like, "Hey, Lewis!" <laughs> Although I was ahead of him, I had ahead of on the on, ahead of him on the blind reveal. Where where he's like, all right, flip over your card. And it's like, well, everyone knows what she put in, so everyone knows who the traitor is. Oh, and yeah, at no point, oh, yeah, everybody, <laughs> give me your cards. <laughs> okay, we'll back, start again. Going back to a story from a few episodes yeah. ago. Yep, yeah. that's a callback, folks. So at yeah. no point did anybody say, "Let us not go to Camelot." Tis a silly, tis a silly place. Oh, I'm sure we all did that at some point. Okay. <sighs> now shadows over Camelot. Now that game has a fantastic. Betrayal mechanic. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, I, I remember. Really, that. really want to play Betrayal and How to Deal with You. We played fun. the short like who betrays we, the betrayer. A couple <laughs> weeks ago, we played the shortest version of that. It the uh, have you played that game before? No, I've watched it played many times. Okay, but but explain it for the audience. Well, you're you're it's a you're building the mansion as you go through it. So it's a tile built tile based game. And it's four or five, well, a bunch of people going through. And as you explore the rooms, various creepy things happen. But every time you hit a, uh, I think it's omen. Every time you hit an omen room, there is a increasing chance of the betrayal mechanic kicking in. At which point, whoever the betrayer is, which is depends on what room it takes place. And there's there's two books. There's a betrayer's book and the the regular book i don't know but um the betrayer leaves the room and reads up on what they're supposed to do and everyone else gets together and schemes against the betrayer not knowing what the betrayer is going to do fun 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 oh yeah that sounds like a game i watched uh will wheaton play it on. sounds like oh a game. They, 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 they definitely undoubtedly played, played it so but the mechanic is that every time you hit an omen the chance of that betrayer thing happening gets much more likely Ha-ha. we played it and happened on the first omen room Ooh. It was boom. Oh, that was a... That was fast. There's a game that usually takes an hour and a half. This is going to take 10 minutes. Wow. <laughs> now, if the Betrayer gets selected early in the game, does that make it really powerful? Because uh, you don't have to have it build up your cards and your equipment? Yes, none of us had any equipment to fight him with, and uh, it was a matter of he had to kill a certain... He had to kill a bunch of us, and we had nowhere to run. Ah. And we we had to get hostages out basically. Oh, right? so there was no to take the That's hostage it. out. He had he had the front door, and we couldn't get through him yeah, to the front done. door. That's yeah. it. That reminds me of my soldier in the Eldritch Sign game. 
Yes. <laughs> First move, I lose my mind and die. Yeah. That yeah, that's good. definitely a Cthulhu game. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Elder Sign, the best dice-based Cthulhu game ever made. Elder Just Sign? laying it out there. Mm. Eldred Sign, isn't it? Find yourself some Elder Sign. Ah, we've got Elder yeah. Sign. <laughs> oh. I got the Elder Sign right here. While I was working the job, I came across the story of uh, Will Wheaton. Okay. Will Wheaton. Getting banned from the uh, social uh, media thingy mast- Mastodon. From oh, liberal, yeah. From I liberal Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> from liberal Twitter. Is that what Mastodon is? It's, it's far no. left. I think it's left of liberal. It's... Uh, yeah, I, I, I know the story that you're talking about. Uh, like, I haven't heard this at all. Basically, a lot of the people that that were trying to drive him off Twitter, and he was trying to make his political stance about why he was leaving Twitter and encouraged everybody to leave Twitter, and then he goes on to Mastodon. So a lot of those people followed him on to Mastodon and just kept reporting his his account. So, oh. so the admins basically said, we've had over 60 reports on your account, and while... Well, there's really not a whole lot of weight to your the reporting. Uh, we're just going to cancel your account. Oh, wow. They, did, they didn't want to deal with it. <laughs> so Mastodon's basically gamified at this point. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, sort of, yeah. See, the the thing I would... He uh, talks about it on his blog, I yeah, think. Yeah, he talks about it on his blog, and he... Now, the, the story I was hearing is that he was getting lambasted by the left because uh, he's he's, like, said... A couple of things or something in the past oh, that, no, that, off joke. that now there's this, you know, Will Wheaton is anti-LGBT, and Will Wheaton is transphobic and stuff like that. That's just stupid. Uh, he got Bofud um, in the... Uh, yeah, explain Bofud. Yeah, uh, actually, it's it's a variation of, of what Paul has done. It You're just talking and then you just, you know, mention Bofa. Bo- Bofa. You say what's Bofa? What, what's what's Bofa? Bofa? Oh, Bofa these nuts! Ah, okay. oh. gotcha. And and he got he somebody somebody pranked him on that, and he 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 his reaction in general is to uh, block. Mm-hmm. So he blocked, and uh, it it was uh, a trans uh, poster, and uh, that then escalated to finding out that Wheaton recommends this blocking software. There's like a mass blocking thing. I'm I'm not surprised that exists. Yeah, I I forgot Like based on keywords or whatever? Uh, Something like that. I don't really understand it myself. But he he is an advocate of that, and maybe he was using that, and it turns out that there was a lot of people blocked, and then these blogs started popping up talking about how Will Wheaton has a listening problem because he sticks his fingers in his ear and goes, la, 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 which is, you know, the social media equivalent. That's blocking. That's what, you know, <laughs> blocking is. So it, it, it's a big mess, but basically it sounds like he's kind of withdrawn from social media. Hey, I get it. I, I will block a motherfucker in a heartbeat. Yeah. The man has withstood 20-plus years of Shut Up Wesley jokes, which... <laughs> That's true. It's, I it's heard awful. Of oh, my God. <laughs> it's it's yeah. awful. I mean, But he said, he said what happened to him when he went on Mastodon was the worst thing he's ever encountered. Huh. He said that was the most vile 
uh, angry, vitriolic yeah. uh, tsunami of uh, social media bile that he's ever gotten. And it was just astounding. And, of course, right now, the ones who are reporting on it are the libertarian or the right-wing YouTubers. Of course. So I'm hearing a lot about how the left is eating its own and stuff like that, um, which actually does happen. But, yeah. it, it, you know, that particular spin on it. So that whole same problem that you have the vocal minority that yeah yeah that tries to ruin it for everybody yeah i i i almost ended up mixing it up with some asshole on twitter because uh were you watching that i think i saw some of it i I could because i refuse to engage yeah i just it's 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 a losing battle the moment you even acknowledge these (laughs) fuckers some some shithead actually uh, said to rian johnson ryan johnson uh well you just keep producing crappy movies and see what happens as you split the fan base and i chimed in with he didn't split the fan base i split off with my friends a bunch of us split off because of you douchebags and the guy comes back oh you're the one who split off the fan base ha 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 you're an idiot and i'm like i i i don't know what you're saying a bunch I, I, of I'm us what you're saying a bunch of us were alienated by you assholes and that's where the split comes from. You split the fan base, not Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. And he never answered me back, thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and Jeff's right. The best thing to do is just not engage. And it's, it's if, a losing if, battle. And if they it's, annoy you, block them. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter how correct you are or how much find fact you have on your side. Or you could do what I do and don't even open up Twitter. Yeah. Well, Matt's got it. Yeah. Matt's got it figured out. But he misses out on all that great information. Do I? It's true. I... <laughs> Maybe go on Twitter once a week. I go through catch up on like my swear track stuff, and you know any swear track. There are a couple people any pictures I really like. that I need to like. There are a couple know. people I really like who post on Twitter. Yeah, and it's not Weird it's, Al is one. I love Weird Al's yeah, posts. It's, it's not about that. I'm actually I'm actually kind of more political than I want to be because I can't keep my mouth shut. Sure, but Matt Colville is not the least bit political. It's all about his stuff and and the interesting stuff he does and and yeah. he's 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 always commenting on Twitter. So that that's one of the reasons why I'm I'm there because that's that's very rich and informational sure. or however you know, informative. I barely use Twitter. Uh, I hardly use Facebook. I just it's not, you know, Facebook I use to engage with with you monkeys out there, the shock monkeys cuz you know, it's uh you know, it's a way for us to, you know, stay connected with our fan base. And we do appreciate everybody. It's just I don't feel the need to look at it other than that anymore. Hey, this is being attributed to George Carlin, but I thought it was somebody else. But never argue with an idiot. They will bring you down to their level and beat you with experience. I I've, that I've was heard Twain. that one before. Yeah, so I thought it was Twain, too. I'm going to keep yeah. looking. I mean, because that sounds like vintage Twain. It does. I didn't have Twitter, how else am I going to go on there and brag about winning a stuffed plush from a claw machine? That, that's, <laughs> that's my place to do it. Oh, I thought you were going to like segue into the book club. You missed that. Oh. No, I didn't. You segued for me. Oh, the book club. Oh, I, didn't get to, I didn't get to talk about my stuff. No, no. We're, we're still in that, but I'm going to okay. go ahead and take it and run with it. Uh, we have chosen the book for September. It is The Lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch. Just one by a, a vote. That was that was a close race, but I'm kind of glad. One to see by it. a vote. Yeah, single vote. Wow. I, You've been on Twitter. What? I can't hear you. 
Nobody can hear you, Kay. If you had been on Twitter. Uh, no, it's on the actually the Facebook club. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. If you had been on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's, it's the same for him. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It, it really is. If, if you would just go on the machines. <laughs> if you were on AIM, you know. Fair enough. Oh, I'm, I'm, wow. I was glad to see Lacklamora win because it's been on there for a while, as well as uh, She, which is another novel I've been wanting to read. So hopefully that's going to win eventually because I like them both. Uh, so, yes, that's what we're reading right now. Uh, on the 8th, we will open up the Facebook post for discussion. Uh, but be aware, this book is longer than most books that we read for the book club. This is clocking in at about 750 pages. Is this a two-month book? It is not a two-month book, oh. but if it takes you two months... Fine. Join us when you're done. There is no, there's no race. You're not, no one has to be there to be the quickest. Join us when you're ready. In fact, if there's a book club book from way back when that you're finally finishing now, feel free to post on it because I want to know your opinions on it. Any of the books that we have done. So take your time. Join us when you're ready. There is no evil in thread necromancy on Geek Shock Book Club. Creepy. <laughs> Uh, it is Twain. <laughs> I, I thought <laughs> right. so. Also, uh, oh wait, Twain so also said that thing about don't believe everything you read on the internet. Exactly. Yeah, that's, the, <laughs> that's the one I take take to heart. Somebody at work has that bumper sticker, and it cracks me up every time. <laughs> As an act of privilege, free speech ranks with the privilege of committing murder. We may exercise it if we're willing to take the consequences. The main difference between the two: murder is sometimes punished; free speech always. Yeah. Deep. Yeah. Deep thoughts on Geek Shock. Jeff, what'd you do this week? Good Connecticut God boy. Lord, I did a lot of stuff this week. So I got my Xbox One X Scorpio edition in. You finally got it. Got it. Um, Where is it? It's right Scorpio. there. It's a lot smaller. Wow, it's so small. It's, it's heavy. Really heavy for its size. It's the very definition of a brick. It looks very that, that small. That one with the red light right there? That one? No, it's it's right there it, on it, the second it's shelf. It's sitting beneath the v- <laughs> VR. This is not working for radio. The, the VR oh, headset okay. is bigger than the damn console. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of hidden there. It's black <laughs> in there. Um, <laughs> none more black. <laughs> yeah, it's... Yeah, okay. Uh, so I got the console... Realized that a few months ago I had purchased the uh, the Batman Telltale game um, and its sequel because they had to buy the the original and get the the sequel for free nice. for like ten bucks. So I have like all the Telltale episodes and started playing that. So that's been a lot of fun. Uh, How did you realize that? Did you just find the game when somewhere, I, when or did you logged in? It just popped up as a yeah. When I when comment. I logged in on the new console and I got uh, the settings transferred over. Uh, in the my game, my apps and games, there's a ready to install tab, mm-hmm. and I looked at the ready to install tab, and I'm like, what do I not have installed already? Oh, Batman uh, Telltale game, very nice. important game, Jeff. Yes, when it comes down to it, Jeff really only plays Batman games. There are there are exceptions, but mostly that's what you concentrate on. Uh, Let I me love, sit I down on the couch and turn on my Batman machine. If, <laughs> if it's a if it's a Batman game, I've probably played it. Uh, but yeah, um, the Telltale, Telltale games I love because it's it's like a it's it's really a choose your own adventure book in video game form because it even says like the very first time you boot it up is like every choice that you make affects how the game plays out. So you know, it gives you like when you're having a conversation with a character in there, it gives you like three dialogue selections that you can choose from. 
Mabel, to, to you play with my Batman machine. You done screwed up the game. Um, and then, of course, there's the quick time events where you have to, you know. You totally Arkham pillowed that. Like, Jesus. Arkham pillowed. But, uh, so These yeah. are awful, by the way. That's been a lot of fun. They are. Why do you keep eating them? So Matt is eating Guinness potato chips, and they are terrible. I'm um, the only one in the room that kind of digs them. If you wanted to know what potato chips taste like when you taste, eat them off of the barroom floor, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> they are weird. They have their own flavor, but it ends with a strange bitterness. I will say that. Yes. Like the internet. Oh, a relationship. Oh. Boom. So so I've been playing that a lot. Um, I also managed to uh, acquire something that I have been looking for for years but never got. Um, the Master Replicas uh, Star Trek V, Star Trek VI Assault Phaser. Ooh. I've been looking for one of those for a long time. Looked at for it at the convention. Nobody had one. Yeah, where is it? Yeah. Um, it comes in tomorrow. Oh. Ah. It's because... <laughs> Three because, of us are looking out <laughs> of the room like, where is it? <laughs> because folks... Suddenly it's Where's Waldo in here? We're, we're recording this on a holiday. I could have my damn package right now if Monday Whoa. was not a holiday. Goddamn workers. Yeah. Laborers. How dare you not labor on your celebration so. day? But yeah, I actually got a, I got it on eBay. Um, it's in really good shape. Uh, I got it for a good deal. Um, was honestly surprised because uh, they were asking for like a thousand dollars for the thing. It was nine nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents, and I was just wow. like, and and you the, bought the, that for nine ninety? No, 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 no. I did not buy it for that much. Okay, knew the things retailed for about five hundred dollars. So I was sitting there, and I'm like, well, they have the make an offer tab on there. Why don't I just throw a number at them, see if they, you know, bite or at least come with with a counter offer? And so what did you throw? I threw six hundred at them. That's pretty which is, solid. Is pretty is you know, I thought it was a pretty good number, but I was expecting them to come back with like eight hundred or something. Um, so getting out of work that the night after I had put the bid in before I went on the floor, I come out and it says, "Good news, sellers has accepted your offer." And I was like, "What?" So I got the thing. For six hundred, even free shipping. Master replicas. Master replicas. Wow, man. Uh, so yeah, I'm psyched to get this thing because it's a uh, it's a beautiful piece. It's something I've been looking for for a while. It's like that assault rifle style, right? No, it's it's the it's the phaser from Star Trek Five and Star Trek Six. Okay. Uh, um, you saw it more in Star Trek Five, but uh, it's a pretty significant. I'm I'm mean, obviously I'll put some pictures up on the layer when uh, when I get it in tomorrow, but. Uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's something that Shatner had the prop department designed specifically for five, and then they carried it over to Star Trek Six. You see it at the very end of the. Well, actually, you see it when when uh, Valeris it disintegrates the pot that the wire whisk and flower are then. Everybody knows that scene that I'm talking about. At this price, I assume there's bells and whistles. This thing isn't oh, yeah. just a static prop. No, no, no. It's uh, it's it's a full. They did a laser scan of the original prop, the hero prop. So it has lights. It has all the sound effects. It physically functions like the hero prop in five and six. So mm-hmm. it does everything, and it comes with an acrylic display box and a display stand. So. Nice. It's 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 a pretty solid piece. I'm very happy with it. I although so <laughs> after they I accepted my offer, I was sitting, sitting there going, "I'm like, I wonder if I'd have offered them 500 if they would have taken it." Yes. So because <laughs> yeah. it had been sitting on there for about a month, and I'm like, mm, I wonder if I make them an offer. 
This is the part where he describes stuff we can't see. This is, I, this is like when I point out something Like in the I room. said, I will put pictures up. Yeah. You, but you know what? This is radio. You're supposed to describe the I know, things you can't see. Yeah, he did exactly. it right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now I get it. I think. What? And then on a sadder <laughs> note, um, we just passed the 10-year anniversary of oh, yeah. closing of Star Trek The Experience on September 1st. Ah, yes. Yes. Uh, I, I, it's funny. I was like, I woke up that morning and I'm like, wow, today is the first. That was 10 years ago today that we shut down. The only good. reason I know is because Jeff reminds me. Yeah. <laughs> I was I, like, I moved on. I apparently have moved on. Well, I mean, Kirsten and others knew because apparently they got together at Jerry and Francine's Corks oh, Bar. It just had a... It, it was totally impromptu. Of course it is. It's and, always impromptu. <laughs> oh, here we go. It was really funny. I wasn't even thinking about it. Francine's like, hey, would you like to come over tonight for steaks? And I'm like, sure. And I get over there, and My they're like, yeah, it closed. Around. This is the weekend yeah. it closed. And I'm like, oh, that's why I'm invited Although over. Although, wasn't the, the first was a Monday, right? <laughs> Ten years ago? I uh, think so. Because uh, I swear that we got through the that? weekend, and then we had that. That know, final right? thing on that Monday. Move on, guys. We Holy shit. Monday. It was a Monday. So, so, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, it was September was 1st. It, was it first? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, Mr. Edetic Memory, you tell me. <laughs> you should remember that whole day in detail. I do remember a lot of that day in detail. Yeah. Uh, my nightmare. What a fucking nightmare. And then uh, um, uh, former uh, regular at Star Trek, Dale, uh, posted the video that we did um, with the Ugly Couch show of the closing event. And, of course, Kirsten is in there giving his farewell speech as Chris Tran. That was fun. Dude, well, we, you, you guys you know they recorded that, didn't yeah, you? Yes, we, re- yes, we did. We have Ugly that. Couch show. Yeah. I, I have all the raw footage, I wish, though, I wish Paramount had been recording that night because that was cool. You know what they should have done for the closing? Just a bunch of Jem Hadar soldiers just running through, just yes. smashing shit off, yes. and like <laughs> just a minion comes in and wipes it out. Like that's what they should have done. No, no, that would no. have been interesting. Stormtroopers. <laughs> no, that's what they should have had. Yeah, ironically, stormtroopers. There were stormtroopers that kept coming in and out that week. Like somebody, it, I don't know if it, they were five hundred first members or what, but just kept coming in in stormtrooper outfits. <laughs> Appropriate. I like it. Not causing any trouble, mind you. Just walking in. Just being Star Wars and Star Trek. Doing stuff and then walking out. No, no. Daleks. Ooh. Ooh. Exterminate. Exterminate. Never got into that show. Yeah, because you're a weak person. Fuckity oh, okay. fuck. <laughs> fuck, fuck, fuck. Well, you will be you know. destroyed. Show me to the nearest disabled entrance. <laughs> oh, this is an wow. code. We'll return with permits, or dude. In <laughs> ten years, the mouse is gonna fire you. <laughs> oh, the mouse fired me ages ago. Oh, that's right. Anything else you do this week, guys? Um, what I do, Andy? What I do? I was I, the whole uh, week, so no. I watched uh, the rest of Disenchantment. Loved it. I'm only Loved two it. episodes in. I've told and the third episode on is where it really it's gets good. quick. Yeah. It ends on a cliffhanger, just so you know. And Andy is like... I didn't like, know. Andy's like... That's it? Yep. <laughs> yeah, so it was. It's uh, it's not like a big giant I don't know if that's series. good... Because uh, if that that's it, like that's... <laughs> I don't well, know. well, no. No, it, it definitely it makes me want to see the next season. Yeah, no, it's not that's oh, that's it one of my as in it was said, shallow too. story. It's like, 
that that wasn't as many episodes as I was expecting. How many episodes is it? Ten, I think. Yeah, that's it. It was it was like <coughs> like uh, Marvel or something. Yeah, that's actually more than I was kind of expecting. But they're they're, they're like twenty minute episodes. They're yeah. quick. Oh, okay. So it's yeah, kind of like yeah, 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 yeah. Episodes. yeah. So yeah. All right. Uh, and that was but great. Cool. But uh, and then I also watched um, Happy Time Murders. Yes, loved it. Loved it. Yeah. Um. Uh, you did stay through the credits to see all the behind the scenes stuff. Yes, right? absolutely, fantastic. And uh, uh, went with Robin Celeste and Jamie, and uh, Jamie said, "It's not going to win any Oscars, but it's an instant classic. It's an instant cult classic, which is the best you breakdown know, I've ever heard of it." I, I I would agree with that because yeah. it's 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 not a great film. It's 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 not a story that's going to bowl you over, mm-hmm. but it's fun. You know the the whole thing. It's it's a simple story presented in a world where puppets are sentient like humans. Sure. Yeah. Because it's just and a best basic use of silly string in a movie yes. ever. Lot oh, no. lot of sight gags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh oh. Oh, I feel lightheaded. <laughs> <laughs> um, he knows what I'm talking. I forgot about. to mention a couple weeks ago. Did I? Did I mention? I uh, finally watched Zardoz. Oh my god! Oh no! Yeah. You didn't. I uh, I had access uh, um, to Tortuga. To Tortuga, so yeah. You. I. Uh, <laughs> I love it. And, uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Matt, it's not code. If you. I know. I okay. Know, I know. <laughs> Every time you say Tortuga, I think of the uh, the Lonely Island bit with the. <laughs> Uh, uh, I don't, I'm totally blanking out on his name. Michael now. Bolton. Michael Bolton. Yeah, it was like this is the tale of J- Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah. <laughs> I love Tortuga. So this is um, the tale. It really of is. Kirsten Serpansky. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Jester uh, of the download. <laughs> it um it was it it definitely is weird. It's weird. John Borman weird, and it, it's funny because it's psychedelic. It's very much a comment on uh, on the the times, and you can never unsee Sean Connery in that leather I don't dance it, belt or whatever the I, fuck. I, it's I don't. It I, yeah, is. I don't think it was leather. <coughs> yeah, it was. It was a loincloth. Yeah, with uh, knee high boots. Yep. It's funny because you look at comics, and you're just like, eh. Because, you know, really, skin is just another part of the color scheme. Right. But when you film it, when you make it real, you're like... <laughs> a good point. Because uh-huh. he, he's walking around in a red diaper with big boots. Yep. And, like, um, uh, uh, and he's not a bandolier. A, he's not a hairless man. Wow, is he a hairy fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Goodness gracious. You know, it's funny. On that same tone, I just watched Barbarella recently. Mm. Oh, my. Having not... It had been so long since I'd seen it. I didn't remember anything but little bits and pieces of the film. And I'm like, oh, it's on. Uh, It's right here at the very beginning. So I'll watch it. See if it's as bad as everyone says. You were hungry like the wolf? Yeah, right. Because the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I'm like... I strike back in. Is it is it one of those films that everybody universally pans and it's not as bad as everybody says? 
Is my memory colored by other people's opinion? And what was your judgment? No, they're not wrong. It's, it's, it's a really, <laughs> it's a really boring film. There's not a lot going on. It, it's funny. The story doesn't make any sense anywhere at any point. I disagree that it is a boring film. <laughs> I, you, you don't think it's a boring film? Not at all. Because <laughs> you love the chaos. I, that is true. It is That movie is chaos from getting to end. You're right. Nothing How makes sense. How many times can one person take off and crash the same ship? I uh, mean, Apparently really. three. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. Well, you know, the North Korean anti-aircraft guns just kind of... <laughs> Take it out. What? That's I, a history joke. And Marcel Marceau in his only speaking filmed role. This is how I like to remember him. Oh, he also he also had a, a speaking role in silent movie. That, that's right. That's right. But I love Barbarella. But I will agree with anybody that says that it's terrible. Well, it's, it's one beautifully of beautifully terrible. It's one of those great messes. It's like you know, Hawk the Slayer for me. Certainly, but they, they, you know, I love Hawk because it has. I think it has tremendous heart. You know, Hawk could be. We were talking about remaking movies that are only remaking movies that are bad. Yeah, Hawk would be one. Definitely, when dude, they had that. Bre- there was this weird micro moment of existence. It's almost like Mandela effect, where for a brief moment in time, this is before Nemesis. Tom Hardy was announced as signing on to do the sequel, Hawk the Hunter. Wow. And there was supposed to even be a quote from Hardy. And it never went anywhere. It never did anything. Lucky for him. I get it. (laughs) Drew Barrymore was behind a remake of Barbarella for a good long time. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, true. Right? What was the quote? little minx. What was the quote we heard today about? uh, Oh, Die Hard. Die Hard um, oh. <laughs> is technically, oh boy, um, because it's based on a book, mm-hmm. which is a second book in the series. Yes, the first book was called The Detective, and was made into a movie starring Frank Sinatra. Oh, so they were required legally, legally required to ask Frank Sinatra if he wanted to star in Die Hard and be John McCain. <laughs> That would be great. Yeah. And, and and Sinatra was like, well, no. But it was really funny. Because I like that you said John McCain. Uh, McCain? <laughs> no. I said McCain? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Um, oh, God. That's it's all currently over. on the mind right that now. That was so all over just kind the of job, funny. too. The McCain head. Can you imagine that? Yippee-ki-yay, uh, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> That's really not out of character for John McCain. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Zardoz, one of the interesting things about it is it actually is a kind of deep satire on uh, uh, cultural control, cultural norms, conformity, you know, all that stuff that in the 60, late 60s, early 70s, People were just like, ah! and it actually, it's kind of funny because actually, it, it there's a there's a real current underneath it of of uh, of uh, in depth satire, but it is so bug shit crazy, it's really hard. I I think it'd, it'd be hard for most people to to uh, to get there. You ever seen uh, Skidoo? Mm-mm. It's uh, Groucho Marx's last movie. He plays God. It's just insane it's it's a it's a all that crazy 60s counterculture stuff except starring the stars of 30 years ago so it's like jackie gleason and carol channing and groucho marx wow yeah it's it's 
is nuts. Sounds nuts. It is nuts. I, I have a Tortuga copy in the house if you want to see it sometime. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, I, I actually... <laughs> I, I, I love, love how this I is killing it. you two. <laughs> <laughs> Todd and Matt cannot handle this. Um, it's adorable. This <laughs> is the story of Groucho Marx. <laughs> yeah, I, dude, you know, it's really funny because hearing about Marx later, mm-hmm. I always go back to Evan Ear's heartbreaking story where he talks about Marx appearing on uh, Welcome Back, Carter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carter. Cotter. Cotter. <laughs> you have a, you're having a political moment today. I you? am. The I can't Kane, stop Carter. talking about <laughs> politics. But um, Are you okay over there, Mr. Carter? By the way, Dave Bautista uh, for president. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I must say, I must say, and I can't do it you know, with Carter. It, Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, I'm glad you attempted. <laughs> I'm glad someone's glad. But uh, I'm glappy. Yeah, it was. I mean, that, that was. Well, I ain't. <laughs> <laughs> You're not happy about anything, Matt. Nope. Aww. What's going on? Angry Canadian. Yeah, really. They kicked him out. They can't have that over there. Okay. It's destabilizing. Don't worry. Be happy. <laughs> oh, it's <some> crazy <laughs> land. Yeah, the crazy land. So anyway, I saw Zardos, and now my brain just stuck in Barbarella land ever since that was brought up. <laughs> I know I fell in love with Barbarella before I ever saw the movie. Did you, with the comics? No, they did a re-release in the late seventies. Okay, to the theaters, and my small theater in the small town Indiana was going to show it. So they had previews before some who knows what, but probably Jesus of Nazareth or something, and. So it had this preview. <laughs> Could have been. It was your town. Yeah, Could have been town a double was- feature. Yeah, because it might have been because I remember booze after the preview. It was very confusing to, like, six-year-old me or whatever. <laughs> but because the preview you looked... You sure to oogle them or suck on them? The preview looked amazing because... Booze, it was, it was not f- boobs. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't get to see Barbarella at that time. Well, he if said he Barbarella seen- and he said... Yes. Yeah. If he, if he had actually seen the film, yes, it would have been boob. Yes. Right. <laughs> but the preview oh. received booze. Oh, booze. The preview showed walking dolls with spiky biting teeth. Oh, yeah. Spaceships, lasers, flying angels. So obviously. It's that must good have broken people. your six year old brain. You'd be it, like, this is everything I love and more. It looked amazing. And I remember going, Mom, I want to see this. She's like, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She wouldn't let you play Dungeons and Dragons. She definitely was going to no. see lucite covered boobs. <laughs> but mm. when they're covered, <laughs> yeah, the brief moment they're covered. Yeah. Sometime later, around second, third grade, I'd say probably third grade. You saw boobs. My best friend at the. <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> my best friend, his father had those old RCA video disc players oh yeah vinyl disc players yeah and he had barbarella me not realizing that was the movie we put it in and like this is the movie with the biting doll things and we watched it all the way through and i fell in love with it and that's why today i love duran duran's one of my favorite bands of all time excellent which is funny because in the movie it's with a D, Durand, yes. Durand. But the thing is, she says it so fast that you don't yeah. hear the D. And yeah. She says Durand, Durand. Well, that's the why thing. they did it, their name that way. Right. Because it sounds like what, the way she said it versus the actual scripted 
Durand Durand. And I'm going to give you some some deep ass Durand Durand Barbarella trivia. Ouch! Go for it. Durand Durand made a live ish movie called Arena. Right. In the 80s. That is a sequel to Barbarella. What? In fact, I believe they got the same actor to play Duran Duran to play Duran Duran in Arena. Wow. It's terrible. I'm not saying watch it. I own it. It's horrible. But I'm, I'm aware of its existence. I've never seen it. Uh, if you have seen the Wild Boys video, yes, uh, that is a cut-down version of its extended piece from Arena. It's, it's a nutty film. It's a dumb Duran Duran movie. But... If you're interested in Barbarella and Duran Duran, it's worth checking out if you can find a copy. Not easy to do, but it's out there. Maybe you have to Tortuga it. <laughs> but now, because we've discussed Barbarella, as I have mentioned in the past, uh, the song <clears throat> for Barbarella will forever be in my head for the rest of the evening. So I'll wake up with it gone, but Barbarella, Sacadella. Barbarella, you can't talk ooh. much about it, Andy, because you've got to watch out for the federal... Privateers. Okay, so uh, just the other day at work, I was trying to come up with a drink called the Matmos. <laughs> the what? It's one of the. <clears throat> it's kind of a sentient eating liquid that is in the center of the planet. It's in yeah. Barbarella. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while since I've seen Barbarella. Some of the details are lost. The Matmos freaked me out because it has that scene where there's the three doors, and all but one lead to the Matmos. And the, the Matmus must swallow you. To, but the, at the end, the Matmus likes you and creates a protective bubble. It's, it's a great movie. Mm. It's a great, horrible movie. It yeah. means what it is. When, her, when she and the princess are in that protective cocoon bubble <clears throat> sinking through, it's like, yes. it must like us. <laughs> yes. The, the <laughs> Matmus. so goddamn it's, ridiculous. It's so weird. But, yeah. Milo O'Shea. That's the actor. You're a Milo O'Shea. Your mom? No, yeah, I like you your mom. Checking She's to see good. if he's in both movies. But there's. Uh, I'm trying to check. But there's a lot of just really weird, creepy stuff in Barbarella. Well, yeah, because there's the the huge catacombs that lead up to the palace. Yeah. And in the catacombs, there are people stuck in the stone walls yep. of it with arms and like caressing one another, and then there's a yep. boob. Hey, there was really a scene weird. like that in Zardoz. Aha. <clears throat> I got to see Zardos. I'll bet I'll love it. I, it. I I think love is a strong word. <laughs> no, 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 no. This this is conceivably right up uh, Torgo's alley. Yeah, you're probably right. <clears throat> so aftermath and influence. Hold on, I'm getting there. Yikes! What what are you doing? Somebody cosplaying Barbarella, and she ain't no Jane Fonda. Okay. Oh. <laughs> you know what trips me out though is like I was I was reading the Wikipedia on on the movie and everything. And uh, Jane Fonda was in her thirties when that movie came out. And I was like, good Lord. I didn't realize she's that old. And, and there's a lot of fun things stuck in there. Like the password for the resistance is the name of that Welsh town that no one can pronounce. Cause it's too long. Oh, wow. What's the name of the town? I don't know it offhand. <laughs> I thought you did. No, I know yeah. the, I know the, uh, the lake and can, uh, oh, okay. The lake, Chicago, Okay. Yeah. You're right. Milo Shea, yeah, he played it. All I meant because that long word ends with go, go, go. That's the only way I recognize it. Go, go, go. Yeah. Anything else to do, gents? No. I think that's it. You know what? I haven't done this in a while. Let's do some emails. Oh. All right. Yay. 
All right. mail from some founder. First off, of course, way back when we asked for obituaries. Yes. Uh oh. And uh, Colonel John was uh, kind enough to offer up obituaries here. So, uh, so here's our lineup that he wrote for us. There's the first death coming up. I would say quick, but not too far away. January 2025. Okay. It is with some sadness we note the passing of F. Andrew Taylor. Oh. Journalist, artist, humorist, sort of. (laughs) (laughs) Methane source and sculptor. (laughs) Fact check Andy, as he was sometimes known, suffered fatal injuries while drawing a caricature of a drunken Donald Trump who was on work release from the Nevada Southern Detention Center. (laughs) 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 April 2027. Todd Bristow was taken from us last week. He was immolated while trying to operate a vintage audio board that had exceeded its maximum storage capacity. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's good. I like that one. (laughs) The ensuing conflagration also took out his prize collection of Warhammer figures and classic Barbie collectibles, as well as three podcast episodes. <laughs> the next date... Wait, that, that can't be factual because you can't store more than one in there, can you? I can do two. Two? Yeah. Wow. May, maybe a third if it's small. And that's when he tried April 2027, yeah, right there. See, the third. It's right in there, dude. It's right in there. The next date, one dot twenty. Four three dot four zero seven seven. Jeff Gunter was dispersed today <laughs> while backing up his collection of vintage space ghost media. He inadvertently overwrote his personality. <laughs> the remaining Jeff Ghost persona was deemed not viable and has been archived in the Demios com- com- computational subterrate for possible future reconstruction attempts. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, right. That, I, I, like De- Delios? I want to like read from, that story. Uh, yes. No, Demios. Delios, yeah. No, from Demios. Demios? Okay. Or Demios. Because they say Delios would have been from Westworld, which would have been a neat... Uh... But that's not what he said. Okay, oh. fine. <laughs> so I was going to give him all kinds of you know recognition for that, but now I'm just going <laughs> to... Wow. <laughs> Holy Trail shit, off into Holy an ellipsis. <laughs> whatever. May 2060, friends, family, and blood angels are invited to gather to remember Matt Marshall. His level-headed public persona was a mask for the seething internal rage that finally (laughs) did him in. (laughs) Matt suffered a fatal brain aneurysm when a server at Olive Garden spilled soup, covering Matt's lap with hot, salty vegetable matter. <laughs> Compounding the tragedy, the ensuing explosion contaminated several nearby vegan patrons, unlimited salad bowls with blood and brains. <laughs> he also writes, Paul Mattingly remains missing. When last seen, he was headed for Rachel, Nevada, to apply for a position as a translator for the recently arrived alien visitors. Yeah. That's from Colonel John, Magic 8-Ball News Service. Nice. Thank you, Colonel, for writing in an obit. That was pretty cool. Yes, it was. Thank you. Also, we asked the question, and a quick answer came. Hi, guys. It was George A. Romero himself who had the connection to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. According to IMDb, one of his first jobs was making short films that were shown as a part of Mr. Rogers' TV show. Andy, right as always, Simon Scoops. Cool. 
<laughs> broken clock broke right twice a day, right? That's right. Here's the next mail. Dear Geek Shock Hive Mind, a co-worker said something today that sparked a question I wanted to hear your thoughts on. We were discussing Spider-Man movies, and he said he wanted to see a Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland crossover, which made me realize that with the intro, the Spider-Verse animated film and the eventual undoing of Thanos' snap, the potential was now there. What if the Infinity Gauntlet restores the wrong Spider-Man to the MCU? That makes me realize that using multiverse plot devices, the MCU could actually bring back any of their incarnations for an appearance or a crossover. Would you like to see crossing paths from previous Marvel TV slash films meeting curtain continuity, MCU folk? And what possibilities do you fear the most? Lou Ferrigno as Maestro is a particular dread of mine. <laughs> Excelsiors be with you, the Scoop Lockian. Oh, all right. I like that idea. I do. I like that idea. It's but it ain't going to happen, but I like that idea. You're right. It's not going to happen, but let's speculate. Let's have some fun. Bringing in the J.D. Salinger Captain America? Or oh, Matt Salinger. God. The J.D. Salinger one. <laughs> J.D. Salinger, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be Where, Where's Cap? He's, he's, he's up in New Hampshire somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody's seen him for years. He won't talk to anybody. <laughs> You know, it's really funny. There was this um, uh, brief sitcom that came out. Um, is uh, anchored by Jonathan Silverman, who uh, actually was a friend and fellow high school grad of uh, David Schwimmer's, and it followed after Friends. And there was a character of the doorman played by Ernest Borgnine. And there was one episode where somebody mistakes him for J.D. Salinger and asks for an autograph, and he gives it. So this big thing explodes about how J.D. Salinger is actually kind of friendly and giving uh, autographs oh, now. No. But every time I hear J.D. Salinger, I see Ernest Borgmine going, sure, I'll sign that. And that's it. That's all I got. That's all I've got for Salinger. That's all you That's need. Good. That's all you need. Jonathan Silverman. Wow. Yeah. I, freaking Weekend at Bernie's was just on the other day. And, of course, I had to watch it because it was one of my mother's favorite movies. Like It just it would make her laugh hysterically every <laughs> single time. So I watched it kind of as an homage to her in memory of her and also as kind of a way to see if it actually still holds up. I mean, some of the moments are still pretty funny, but, man, that film is dated. Mm. It's definitely an 80s film. Can you, you imagine how it. bad the second one is? Oh, God. Uh, Weekend of Bernie's 2 was just terrible. Oh, it, well, yeah, when it was, and it was noticeably terrible when it came out. So you yeah. can imagine what it looks like now. Well, my mom wanted to go see it, so I took my mother to see Weekend of Bernie's 2, and she just came out of it and wasn't as funny as the first one. That's the only thing she would say about it. Okay, well, she wasn't so, shattered or anything. No, it just uh, that. that that was just my mom. She was like eternal, the eternal optimist. Um, but you know, kind of a glass ass full, half full kind of guy. Glass yeah. ass full is exactly glass <laughs> ass full. I like that. Glass. A ass pessimist full. says the ass is half full. <laughs> the optimist says, <laughs> "Is that where it's that you're a half ass because it takes two of you to make an asshole?" Mm. That anyway. kind of sums up yeah. Andy and me. 
<laughs> all right. Any MCU crossovers from the past? I, oh, would, I oh, wouldn't mind. Any all together or just... Or, or, movies? I, that's where I was movies. trying to figure out because of the... I, I, are I don't even care because I would like to see the whatever universe slapped together that ends with this whole uh, I mean, cause Thanos thing. I, what, I, I would, what I would like to see is uh, everybody comes back, but the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. is David Hasselhoff. Oh, yeah. That, the, the Hasselhoff, shit, Nick Fury agent. Of, wow. Yes. See, he, yeah. No, I like the, that. In the 80s, Hasselhoff did a movie called Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it was terrible. Yeah, because he'd be awful, but it'd be wonderful at the same time in a Barbarella way. You got to go see this grumbly voice you go like CG. this all the way through with his <laughs> eye patch on, and he was just not a really good Nick Fury. Actually, I'd like to see him both there because I want to see Jackson's reaction to that. Oh my yeah. God, that would be amazing! Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what you need is both of them. <laughs> yeah, you got to go CG, but when I want to see all three screen Hulks. Oh. Together. Oh wow! I want to see. I want to see Bixby Angley. and uh, Norton and yeah, the Angley Hulk. Yeah, <laughs> I. You know, it's funny. I, I now that it's stuck in my brain, I would not be upset with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield making a cameo in the next Spider-Man Homecoming. They, they were never the uh, problem sequel. of any of the no, problems nope. of no, Spider-Man. No, Those were the not. good Peter Parkers. No, they did and. It, that would be fun because right now I'm already going one? to one of the the older Spider-Man crossover things. It, it was a couple of years ago. Marvel did, and it had. I think that might have been where Spider Gwen came from. I'm not sure, but there was also a Spider-Man from India. Oh, and yeah. a Spider. Uh, there were a couple, and that was actually fun. And so something along those lines, you know, just just. Just alternate universe Spider-Man. Now, what could be fun is you have Andrew Garfield looks over to Tommy McGuire, who looks over to Tom Holland, who looks over to the animated Spider-Man from Spider-Man and Friends. And Nicholas mm. Hammond. Nicholas Hammond. Oh, is that the TV the one? The TV yeah. Spider-Man. Ah. Is, is it I, wrong I for up. me to want Lou Ferrigno to don the wig and makeup nope. as Not Hulk again and make an appearance in... Well, he said Maestro, which is no. absolutely lunatic. The one we need to look over to last is the Spider-Man, the Spidey, uh-huh. from Electric Company. Right. And then he just has a word bubble that goes, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Question. Nice>. yeah. <laughs> and bring an easy reader. Oh, God. <laughs> He's still alive. He, and easy reader is not, not a marvel. Uh, I will easy not reader, accept Easy Reader. Easy Reader interacted with Spider-Man, so he's in the same oh, verse. shoot, you're right. I wish, because I, I think the actor is dead now, right, that did the 70s Spider-Man No, t- Nicholas Hammond. And, okay, check. I was just going to say, Who also have, played? having him do the really awful uh, climbing mm. of the wall where it's clear that he's on a, a sender rig, and with that, on the quick little bio I saw on on the internet, he's mostly known for playing Friedrich von Trapp in his Sound of Music, which I completely really? missed. I did not know that. I didn't either. I didn't know that either. I'm excited by this. Actually, <laughs> I you know it was funny when I was a kid. I loved that Spider-Man TV series and the the subsequent TV movie. The and I look back at it now, and I'm like, I don't know what it was. I loved about the show because it's, <laughs> I was, it's I was, cornball. I was a violent kid because all of these things, <laughs> Super Friends, the Marvel ones, there was not enough f- 
there was no. I don't think there was any fist fighting. The the most violent it got is you push people, and it, I just I just could not stand it. Mm. <laughs> you know, well, I yeah, watched I mean, all the Spider Mans. I liked Doctor Strange actually, and and I oh, I, right. I ter- had tremendous respect for Bill Bixby's Hulk. That was a good TV series. Right. That was a good T uh, and TV movies. But yeah, nobody 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 got socked in the jaw that I remember. Well, yeah, let's say Super Friends. And Super Friends, yeah, there was Superman none. was always punching some inanimate object, yeah. like a giant statue or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, Batman and Robin were always there to use their bat ropes to tie up the tie villains. people up. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was it's it always ended the same way. And it's like they're all tied up and ready and there's Batman and Robin standing with them. Or I, or sorry, also Wonder Woman with her golden lasso would I would I watched Super Friends as a kid and then on Sundays they would have the 1960s Saturday morning cartoons. And those DC cartoons were violent. Mm-hmm. Superman and Batman, Robin, they did punch. Uh, my the, favorite the was... The live action show, they punched. Yeah, yep. uh, um, Pow! Aquaman, actually, his he had the hard water things where he would whip his hand back and then throw that ball underwater that would just... Psh, it's called he, ice. And no, it was not. <laughs> I know. And uh, he uh, he had that, and that was cool. Yeah. So, but well, let's say it took away his hard water. Did you ever like, you ever, like suck the fish. moisture out of somebody? Like moisture out of the criminal? Just, <laughs> like, that would have been. That I don't think been moisture awesome sucking Aquaman. is one of his powers. Uh, yeah, that'd have been awesome. Moisture sucking? <laughs> no, that was Mara. Uh, no. Oh. Yo. What? I'm just, I'm yeah. just joking, guys. I'm person. just joking. <laughs> Don't send me a gold star, Jake. I'm just joking. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But jokes aside, <laughs> I would love to. I would love to see the snap uh, resolved with bringing in the uh, uh, X universe into the uh, into the MCU, bringing Fox's X Men in. It's too early for that. That to would be really tough. I, I'm, I'm I'm just saying because I think I can't imagine it not not making a giggle. You know what I'm saying? It's just you know they fix things and there's Wolverine or 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 Cyclops or or Professor so X armor. and it looks you you kind of get a tee hee. Hmm. I don't know. It be it'd be really tough. I think it'd be cool because that's I'll. I'll that's the perfect way to reintegrate in, yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but and plus, there's the fact that Jack Jackman's pretty much officially out. Isn't yeah, he, he's, pretty, he said he's, he's done. out. And Logan was his last gasp. And Stewart, Stewart is he, he realizes that Logan is is a phenomenal end game, but at the same time, he's sort of like, oh shit, I don't know. But you got a new. You've got you've got the new. Uh, yeah, McAvoy. Yeah. And Stewart's doing Star Trek now. He doesn't care. He's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Okay. Now, now I want to bring in. So who do you bring in to replace Jackman as Wolverine? Oh, I Who's have out no. There? An, an unknown. Okay. Like, yeah, it'd have to be an unknown. Yeah. The mo- yeah. It's one of those things I fully believe that if you bring in a well-known star into a an iconic role, you s- if it's like you put Tom Hanks in anything, you see Tom Hanks. Yeah. Tom Hanks is Tom Hanks. No, no matter what role he plays. Not that he doesn't act any different, but that's what you see. I think mm. Deadpool has to be the exception to that because, yes, he was an established actor prior to, mm-hmm. but 
the personality of the Deadpool character sure. is so close to the way Ryan Reynolds is in film and TV roles yeah. that it just worked. I don't think that would that's that's capturing lightning in a bottle. Sure. I don't and, think you could have that happen again. And there are exceptions to every rule yes. because let's face it, Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the same time, I always see Patrick Stewart. But we almost had Patrick Stewart as <laughs> Victor Freeze in Batman and Robin. Thank God. Thank oh. God we did. And yes, I, oh. I, I I was He would have been gr- he would have been better, but the movie wouldn't have been. I, I, I remember I wa- being I angry. I want to see Patrick Stewart turn around and go, chill out. I, I remember being angry at the time that Patrick Stewart didn't get that role and then seeing the film and going, oh. thank God. Cause, <laughs> he I dodged mean, that batarang. He certainly would have elevated the performance and made the character a little bit more serious and sympathetic because I think that was what they were originally trying to do with the character make him a sympathetic character, but when you bring in Arnold Schwarzenegger one lines, to be yeah. Yeah. Victor Freeze and you bring in Arnold's signature one-liners, you're not making a sympathetic character. You're making a, a grown character that you're just like, I just want him off the screen. Aww. That's, that's harsh. Listen, take two of these and call me in the morning. <laughs> uh. The chilling sound of your doom. <laughs> <laughs> Still never hey, seen someone it. Someone talks through all the podcast. You're doing fine. Oh, I know. I'm I happy. want a short guy also to be Wolverine. Yeah. I want Wolverine to be a short dude. Short, <clears throat> stocky dude. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There you go. It's like just, you know, Danny DeVito after a year of working out and steroids. <laughs> if you have wow. if you have an iconic character, put an unknown in it, that way they become that character in your mind. Yeah, instead right. of saying, Oh look. Simon Pegg is playing Wolverine. Mm. Yeah, well, the, actually, the perfect actor decades ago, before they ever did this, now I'm blanking. Uh, who framed Roger Rabbit? Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins would have been an awesome. I mean, if he he'd have to a lose young weight. Bob Hoskins, and, and he'd yeah. have to he'd have to work out. He'd have to lose weight. There's, but he would perform a fantastic. He would have been a fantastic Wolverine. Never even thought about that, but. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Talk about short actors. There's an actor in town here in one of the Cirque shows uh, in Zumanity who would make an amazing puck. There's a. Puck. Have you seen it? No, but I'm just but, laughing at But puck. no one's making an Alpha Flight movie. But if they do, oh, okay. this guy beats the part. <laughs> <laughs> but they're not going <laughs> to. Why not? Why, why, wouldn't, why is an Alpha Flight movie incomprehensible? It's not incomprehensible, but. It's inconceivable! But then again, no. if you can do Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Yeah, you can do Alpha Flight. Let's just Alpha say it's Flight, Flight being the X verse version of Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> yes. Oh my God! I'd say it's not likely because with Disney <laughs> trying to wrap up their purchase, they definitely want to work the X Men in, and I think anything that's that secondary X Men universe, if you will, is not a priority to them. And, well, eventually, if X Men, if if Marvel. Gives X Men the Marvel treatment and succeeds. I mean, it's tied. there will be an Alpha Flight. Movie. It's tied into the X Men universe. I know that's what but I'm saying. It wouldn't be hard to disconnect it. It's, sure, it's, they're just it's in a, Canada. It's a Canadian, Canadian government power, government run superhero team. You know, and they 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 can't go past the wall separating the U.S. and Canada. Right. So, Matt, what do you think about this? I got nothing. 
No thoughts on it. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I got nothing. I got to ask the Canadian. What okay, what if Captain America's leading Alpha Flight? Sure, why not? Okay, there you go. It's nice to see two countries getting along again. <laughs> All right, let's do some news you don't give a shit about. Time for that already? Already, he says. <laughs> We've been doing over an hour of just... Bullshitting. I know. (laughs) What do we think we are? A bunch of geek podcasters? The first fully drivable life-size car has been built out of Lego. Wow. Ah, This automobile was created by the Lego Group and was unveiled at the Grand Prix Formula One event in Monza, Italy. It was being called the Lego Technic Bugatti Chiron. Got to be electric, right? It's completely non-glued self-propelled, and made entirely of Lego Technic pieces. The car fits two passengers, can accelerate over 20 kilometers per hour. This model takes the form of the world's fastest production car, the Bugatti Chiron. It is the first of its kind using over 1 million Lego Technic elements and powered exclusively using motors from the Lego Power Function platform. Holy crud. It uses 2,304 motors and 4,032 Lego Technic gear wheels. The engine generates 5.3 horsepower. (laughs) How do you... Man. The vehicle was precisely rendered from the taillights to the speedometer and took over 13,000 work hours of development and construction. You've got to have all those engines working in concert somehow. That's an astounding bit of engineering. It really is astounding. It's amazing. Wow. That thing's got to be heavy as hell, though. Probably. Probably par- adds to that 20 kilometer per hour max. Yeah, because I, I was thinking about it. I, I just looked it up to verify. The, the, the one-to-one X-Wing that was built out of Legos was 46,000 pounds. <laughs> so, what are the tires made of? I think those are actually tires. Really? Yeah. Well, that's cheating. I don't know. Right. Was, is there pictures? There is pictures. All right. It's like but, square but, blocks. And like looking <laughs> at it, it looked like they used an actual tire. <laughs> well, that's cheating. But... So Lego built a Bugatti? Basically. Okay. One powered by Lego power. Okay. Woo. So rubber bands now, and... they he said the, the the bricks weren't glued, so how would that work in tire aspects, Andy? So that's why they had to do that. Hit a speed bump, everything comes apart. <laughs> <laughs> it's you, you drive it, but the problem is the clacking noise. Functional Bugatti made largely out of the iconic construction oh, toys. Oh, yeah. look at that. He just called you on your story. Hence, news you don't give a shit about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Cheaters. News you don't give a shit about. The Blockbuster store in Bend, Oregon. Last one, right? The last one yeah. has received significant press coverage because it is the last. And the novelty has caught on in some ways. Most recently, the Ten Barrel Brewing Company which is based in Bend, announced plans for a special limited edition beer Mm. appropriately called The Last Blockbuster. Per an Instagram post from the brewery, quote, we promise each sip will deliver you back to a time when cracking open that blue and white VHS case was the sound of an epic Saturday evening. Mm. That's that's a powerful beer if it can do that. The brewery describes the beer as a black ale with nuances of red licorice. It has a light body and smooth finish and pairs perfectly with buttery theater popcorn and your favorite movie-sized chocolate, unquote. The last black 
Must be an hour in the pie. The, the last Blockbuster Brew will make its debut on Friday, September 21st, at a block party and tasting at that Blockbuster store. It's actually not the last. There's a bunch in Australia, apparently. Aw, oh, well, shit. Blockbusters, that is. How could Mandy let us down and uh, not tell us? Or right? did she tell us? It's just definitely... want to get Sean Connery to go in there and say, I am the last one. Wicked geek! Yay! It's definitely real tires, but man, the, the detailing on this is crazy. Yeah, it looks like a Bugatti. But also, when you zoom in, it looks like you can see that the, it, it's all... All the Hex- fr- hexagrated. Right. It's it's all framed together to to hold itself together. That's right, viewers. Are you getting all that? No, look at pictures of it. It's cool. I'll probably post some when I put it on the Shock Monkeys layer, the, the yeah, lead-up but- pictures. <laughs> you know, this, this Thank this you helps for your patience. This, yes, thank you. <laughs> Toy Store FAO Schwartz is making a comeback this Yay. holiday season. Don't call it a comeback. They've been here for years. The company was purchased by Toys R Us in 2009. Uh-oh. Went out of business in 2015. Yep. Then was purchased by 360 Group Incorporated in 2016. According to a report from Wall Street Journal, 360 is looking to revitalize the FAO name all over the world, starting with a massive location that will open at Rockefeller Center in New York City this November. The now-defunct store on Manhattan's Fifth Avenue was once the be-all-end-all of toy stores, featuring heavily in films like 1988's Big and 1992's Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, and more recently in 2011's The Smurfs. In an attempt to compete with the likes of online purchasing, 360 is planning to make its FAO Schwartz a complete experience, a kid-friendly wonderland that will include live performers such as dancers for the big electric piano and magicians on the premises. Quote, we are looking for people who can deliver that sense of theater, said David Kahn, 360 Brands chief executive, who also revealed the store will be holding auditions beginning September 8th. F.E.O. Schwartz was founded in 1862 by the German-born Friedrich August Otto Schwartz and his two brothers. The store, initially called Toy Bazaar, fell out of the Schwartz family ownership in the early 60s, progressing through a great number of different owners throughout the years. The one we had here in Vegas was pretty cool, yeah, too. Yeah, it was amazing. It was super fun. You take the escalator up right underneath the head of a giant uh, AT-AT from Star Wars. Yeah. Um, had the had the Trojan horse you walked in to get yes. through to get in. Yeah. Yep. And that then was, there was three stories tall. Yeah, it was yeah. a three-story tall Trojan horse that you could actually climb inside. There were um, there were little poles and stuff you could climb and slide down inside the horse. Uh, there was also kinds of great stuff in that store. And then they had there was like a, it had an animatronic displays. show that would happen yep. every hour on the hour out front. Well, yep. for the first couple of years till they was broke down and they didn't fix them. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. And then it had the animatronic cantina band in the back yep. with the Star Wars that's right. toys. It was, was it like the, super the Kiss cool. animatronics, like the. They, no, actually, I mean, actually, they kind of were. <laughs> yeah, because all I they really it. did was like tilt left and right while yeah. the song played. Yeah, they so. jiggled. They jiggled a little bit. Yeah. But still, it was fun because you walked in and you're like, "Oh my God, it's the Cantina and the Cantina Band," and you know, da 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 da, da and you're just like, started getting into it, and you're like, "This is cool." And the coolest Barbie store in town. Where you got your collection from? Dinner, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to remember that portion of the store. I'm like, huh? Yeah, the ma- second like floor. A, yeah, second, yeah. the whole second floor, right? Yeah, not the whole, but I'd say a good third of it. Okay, big. I. Uh, 
I always remember FAO shorts because that's when they released the commemorative uh, Gemini capsule G.I. Joe. Oh, oh right, oh. yeah. 12 inch, and I couldn't afford it, and I was heartbroken. Yeah, I never had that one. Well, to be fair, you couldn't afford anything in FAO shorts. That place was expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was ridiculous. That's pricey. true. It was, yeah. It was, I think that it was. And like since it was at the forum. The Caesars Forum shops, everything was over the top. Price. They got to pay oh, that yeah. rent. This yep. is true. I, I've, I've heard rumors that the rent in there is... is it's like, got to be stupid. No. It's like six figures a month. It's, well, it's a Simon-managed property. That's all you really need to know. I mm. bought the, um, the Rick and Morty game uh-huh. at uh, Gaming Goat, which is now over at Town Square. Gaming Goat at Town Square. And they've got everything priced... 20 to 30 percent off all the time so they can try and keep up with the internet prices oh wow so i bought huh. that game for it's a 40 hour game i think i bought it for 31 bucks i gotta find me some gaming goat yeah it's uh not <laughs> far from the mc not far from the theaters even better yeah incredibles 2 has made film history by becoming the first animated feature to take in more than 600 million at the domestic box office wow, wow. The long-awaited Pixar sequel is able to achieve such a milestone, writes Forbes, as it was added to 2,800 more theaters for Labor Day weekend, allowing for just over 3 million to be made in its last three days. Okay, that explains it, because I was looking at movies to see yesterday, and I'm like, wow, The Incredibles 2 is still playing? I thought that left. I can't, apparently I was wrong. Okay, so I wasn't wrong. It came back. Internationally, The Incredibles follow-up has, has taken in over $1 billion, a lot more than its predecessor, which managed $633 million worldwide. In terms of international returns, the movie is still below Disney Animation's Frozen and Illumination's Minions. Halloween live events are everywhere. They're yep. at the hardware store. Especially in Los Angeles with... Not Scary Farm, Universal's Halloween Horror Nights, Warner Brothers Horror Made Here, and many other smaller haunts. But if you're looking for something more cerebral in your scare, Creep offers something a little different. Creep, put on by the artists of Just Fix It Productions in downtown L.A., has an interactive experience called Awake, where guests will explore the deep and strange abyss of nightmares, quote unquote, according to its event site, described as a high-end haunt experience. Tickets are eighty-nine dollars. That's hmm. high-end haunt. Yeah. How that, long? That intertwines quote nuanced and in-depth storytelling with direct audience interaction. Unquote. The attraction won't just usher guests in and out of a maze full of jump scares. Guests watch a scary story unfold and get to participate in that unfolding, sometimes in one-on-one scenarios. The site warns, quote, you will be touched. So don't... Like, like in your heart or like physically touched? Aw, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Andy. And Andy's hoping to be touched inappropriately. Yeah. Bless that's Andy's that's heart. That's, that's, so, that's why he's asking. Show us on the Andy where he touched him. <laughs> you know, the, um, they're not doing the uh, Fright Dome here this year. They're not? Really? No. I wonder I why. Uh, I I think it's not making enough money. That's weird because it always seems to be sold I out. I know. Well, it wasn't <clears throat> the last couple of years. Apparently, it's been kind of quiet. I haven't uh, been in a couple of years. Two so. years ago, when I went, it um, 
it was actually kind of quick and easy to get in. So I mean, oh, wow. it's weird because like your mother it, back. It's freaking crowded <laughs> on the inside. It's crazy, but that's Jeff's ice machine going through a cycle. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> really, it I'm, cries out for love. <laughs> it it ever so often goes through a defrost cycle, and it makes that whine. You probably couldn't hear it on the, but it's yeah. It was <laughs> it was a very mournful. It uh, wants you to know what it's doing. Yeah, if you, if you if you're not ready for it, it's creepy the first time you hear it. <laughs> I felt like Paul the first time he heard my ice machine. Just, what the hell neighborhood are you living in? Gunshot. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, inside, it, it, it always looks insane. Yes. But um, the line with all of the, the switchback cues and everything, it, it actually did not, it didn't, it didn't get a sustained fill. So uh. I'm not surprised, I guess, hearing that. I don't know. I mean, there's also the fact that we... I don't we have more than ever uh, in terms of haunted houses. I remember I remember back when it was just Freakling Brothers, and well, Freakling's well, got like eight, eight or nine. Yeah, places. they've 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 expanded now so much that they kind of dominate the market. But uh, but frankly, I don't see a lot of haunts in Vegas except no. for Freakling Brothers and the Fright Dome. Yeah. No, there's and a Fright No because there's there's um, like two or three. I think in the past there's the asylum. There's these small. Ones that have been around forever. Exactly, yeah. And but there's also um, there's a couple places that have been doing those clumps where they do three or four houses right. in one location. In fact, Freakling now does that. Little Darwings had a strip had a had uh, a haunted yeah. like, thing. <laughs> it's the one I went to what three years ago. No, Did you go to that? a lot longer than that? Oh, that's yeah. right. Because they kind of want to go to that one. Yeah, they brought it back, <laughs> but then last year they didn't have it yeah. again. Uh, the weird thing about Vegas haunted houses is there is they're not at a place. Fright Dome is the only place that was, like, built at a location. Right. All the other haunted houses in Vegas are built from truck trailers. trailers. Yeah. yeah. It's basically like a like a sideshow, like a traveling sideshow, yeah. except that they, they store it in some place in the desert all year. And yeah. it's, yeah, I was going to say, it seems to be in a different locale every year. Like, they whoever right. whoever gives them the best rental rates for a big well, section of their parking lot, because it takes up a lot yeah, of space. Freakling's been at... Uh, Rainbow Promenade for the past couple years. Mm. Uh, I don't know if they've moved yet. No. They 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 used to be all in three locations around town, yeah. and now they just all in one spot. Yeah, and they usually book out one spot, and they put like three or four different uh, for a little hot things. festival. Yeah, and yeah. then Asylum does the same thing too. Right now, don't yeah, they, they they have like the Asylum, which is their signature, but then they have two or three side yeah houses that they're, you they're not as good. Right. But, yeah. So if you're coming out for Scoop Fest, book a couple extra days, you can go to the haunts. But but apparently not uh, But not Fright the, Dome. Not not the Fright, Fright Dome. Dome. Yeah. Fright Dome. There were some questions about whether we were going to have a, uh, a uh, ooh, I'm sounding weird, a uh, Geek Shock event uh, before or after the uh, regular Scoop Fest stuff. Well, we're going to be around that Saturday that we're, we're yeah. talking. In fact, yep. uh, if they have the game room, I'll probably hang out there with you, Andy. All right. So... Play games. Oh, that. I I thought Andy was leading up to another commitment he made nope. for us. Oh, okay. Nope. Just yeah. throwing it out there. Yeah. People Todd, they're all coming over on Friday, and I'm not <laughs> ready to announce it yet. But I'm trying to put something together really special for Scoop Fest. I want to make sure it's all hammered out and and. I will not wear the go. chicken costume again. It it's going to be necessary. 
All right, I'll wear the so I was gonna say. So if we say if the scoop, you know, scoop slash sock. 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 The scoop sock. I can't talk now, apparently. If the scoop slash shock monkeys want to put together an event and have them do that at Scoop Fest, should we say yay or nay? Well, well last year we had every, a bunch of people met we had over the at the Millennium Phantom yeah, Bar. Right. Yeah, we had the impromptu get-together last year that was... There you go. Sure. was was somewhat organized, right? I don't... So I remember it was I, announced I just, prior to... I, I think officially... I don't want to suggest anything that may come across as impinging on Scoop Fest. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it's their thing. And I'm very happy that we were invited into it. Um, you know, and Andy said yes. Uh, so. Um, I say yes to a lot of stuff. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. But it's yeah. true. Um, he does. We'll be there. Maybe, I mean, you know, before or after. Like the impromptu meetup. Yeah. That was fun. Uh,. But, but, it's but yeah, I, I don't want to take anything from they have yeah. they have stuff That's planned thing, and they got throughout the weekend. So let's all the just time. say specifically, if, if the fans want to have a get together and they want to organize something, that's fine. But we don't want to uh, do an official setup from our end because we don't want sure. to just and like Kay said, seem like we're trying to. As far as I'm concerned, the the fans that are going to see us are going to Scoop Fest, right? Yeah. It's it's not like you know it's separate, so. We'll be there. Yeah. Come yeah. see us there. That's the yeah. that's the event. I assume there'll be a game room, and if there is, I'm sure we'll be all over it. Yes. And if there's not, well, maybe I'll bring a game with a strong betrayal mechanic. Mm, that's where we can play it. Yeah. Mm. It's going to be fun. <sighs> I was talking about Awake, the a Halloween event in L.A. That... Oh yeah. yeah, so oh, that's we not thought you done? were done with that. No, yeah. not even. I'm halfway done. Wow! But but lay it on us. Yeah. So in groups of twenty five, guests will spend some seventy five minutes making their way from a narratively tied vignette to vignette around a sixty thousand square foot space. Quote: Creep was created four years ago to put a modern twist on the haunted house experience. But what it's evolved into is a horror experience unlike anything else, said JFI Productions founder Justin Fix in a press release. We seek those moments of suspense, fear, and surprise when guests question what they've gotten themselves into. Unquote. Previous sold-out runs have all had their own themes. 2015 season went behind the mask to dissect what it means to be a real-life creep. A 2016 show was called Entry and revolved around a cult dedicated to an artist who disappeared under mysterious circumstances. Last year's effort was based on Amazon's folklore show Lore. Creep runs on select dates from October 5th to November 4th. And if you go, I want to know about your experience. Seriously, I'm very curious about this thing. Is that for effect? Is that your... No one heard it. He wanted us to know that he's still thirsty. Okay. An hour and a half into the show. Andy's Andy is thirsty. A, Andy is a two-soda <laughs> drinker during the show. True. So is that and how, I put is that soda, how mark soda, the time? soda in air quotes. All right. <laughs> He's doing that because he knows. I don't, I, don't, I don't get it either. <laughs> <laughs> this brings us to the sad moment of the show. <laughs> in many ways. Oh, no. Uh, the, the two that we lost this last week, Marie Severin, prolific ah. artist and colorist for Marvel Comics, one of the first women to have an influential role in the industry, died in, at age 89 following a stroke. 
Severin first worked at EC Comics in 1950s before joining Marvel, where she held a variety of roles, including chief colorist. Her art appeared across the company's roster of titles. She's best known for helping create Spider-Woman in the late, in, sorry, not the late, in the 1970s, designing the costume for the character. She also contributed to numerous titles in the Marvel pantheon, including The Incredible Hulk, The Submariner, and Doctor Strange. She demonstrated her strengths as a cartoonist and an integral part of the creative team behind Not Brand Ech, and the 1967-1969 comic that parodied Marvel's heroes. Severin recently received Comic-Con's International Ink Pot Award in 1988, and last year the organization presented her with an Icon Award, a prestigious honor whose other recipients include Jack Kirby, Frank Miller, and Stan Lee. She was inducted into the Will Eisner Award Hall of Fame in 2001. Also, Gary Frederick, co-creator of Ghost Rider for Marvel Comics, has died at the age of 75. Uh, Frederick created the character did you did your microphone die on you again? Oh, there we go. Oh, you turned it <laughs> off. Yes, you turned it off. So when he did the soda, yeah, we didn't hear it. That's why. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get your third soda, Andy. <laughs> Frieder created the character of Johnny Blaze with his fellow writer Roy Thomas and artist Mike Plog. Sorry, Plug, debuting him in 1971's Marvel Spotlight number five. He met Roy Thomas while the two young men were working on Jackson's Palace Movie Theater. Friedrich moved to New York City in the early 60s, where Thomas, now working with Stan Lee, offered his friend a job at Marvel Comics. Working as a freelance writer, Friedrich became attached to such notable brands as Charlton Comics and Topps Trading Cards. By the fall of 1966, he was full-time at Marvel, penning scripts for Kid Colt, The Rawhide Kid, Daredevil, Hulk, Sergeant Fury, and his Howling Commandos, and The X-Men. All the while, he was developing the character of Ghost Rider, which he pitched to Stan Lee in the summer of 71. Inspired by Martin, Marlon Brando's The Wild One, Friedrich wanted to put a supernatural spin on the motorcycle-riding greaser trope. Just a few years ago, Friedrich took Marvel to court over the ownership of Ghost Rider, asserting that the publisher no longer owned the rights to the character. According to a report from Hollywood Reporter in 2013, Marvel decided to settle out of court. So two greats lost this week. Wow. During a live stream on Wednesday, Kevin Smith announced that the DC Universe streaming service will kick off on September 15th. That's fast, which coincides with Batman Day. It was also revealed that the world premiere of new original series Titans will be held at New York Comic Con on October 3rd before debuting on the streaming service on October 12th. Smith took the opportunity to tell fans what they can expect from his show, DC Daily, which will be available once you've downloaded the service. The new talk-slash-news show will dig into everything happening across comics, comics, comics and TV in the DC world and feature breaking news, panels, special guests, and exclusive giveaways, among other things. The live stream gave fans a little preview of the 2,100-square-foot studio in Burbank that's been specially designed for the show, featuring a casual bat suit and Batmobile in the background. Smith stated, I go deep on DC. DC is my religion. It's how I learned to be moral in this world. Not in church, but from reading DC Comics, unquote. The service will also be available on devices such as Roku and Apple TV. If you pre-order the annual membership, 
Warner Brothers will give you three months for free. Three more months for free. Fifteen months costs seventy four ninety nine. So, DC Universe moving ahead in what a week and a half. Yep. Yikes. Very dark. Very 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 dark. I I, I don't I don't what just go. It's like Dunmore Black. (laughs) Dunmore Black. Yes. I think it just means dark because there's just one more streaming service that... Uh, no, he's talking about the DC Dark Universe. Fuck Batman. <laughs> Very nice. Michael Jackson's estate and IMAX announced that Jackson's iconic video for the song Thriller has been remastered for IMAX 3D and will be shown in IMAX 3D theaters for one week only beginning on September 21st. The 14-minute film will be screened in front of the upcoming dark fantasy film, The House with a Clock in Its Walls. Oh, wow. I forgot the original was that long. 14 minutes? Yeah. Well, I remember, you know, subsequent viewings, they cut it way down. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, was thinking it's like 8 or 10 minutes. I didn't realize it was that much longer. I remember... When it came out. Hurrying my parents home from Muncie, Indiana, <laughs> because Friday Night Videos was going to debut... Mm thriller on network television wow and so i rushed them home from another city to get back in time to watch it and it worked excellent they they were mad but i got to watch it excellent (laughs) and muncie is not close (laughs) to where he lived september 21st through 28th then yes i'm working 12 hour days every one of those days i'm so sorry a 3d version that's your fault (laughs) a 3d version of the piece it It is worth it's definitely 3D version of the piece premiered a year ago at the Venice Film Festival, but now the Jackson Estate has taken the next technological step by remastering the 83 video and its audio tracks to the large format IMAX 3D. Other than that, the film has not been recut or re-edited. The the video broke new ground upon its initial release 35 years ago with director John Landis stretching the boundaries of what a music video could achieve and bringing a more cinematic effect aesthetic to the form the video premiered theatrically in los angeles where it enjoyed a three-week run at the avco theater that i didn't know right there's a message written in his own blood what's it say see you next tuesday wednesday see you next wednesday Is it wednesday it's wednesday it's landis's signature line hmm i was thought it was see you next tuesday so it'll be the uh well never mind <laughs> i think you're confusing with uh yeah, yeah popeye. you're not on popeye Popeye, oh, I'll Tuesday. gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Are you confusing it with Popeye? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> Jackson had, had been a fan of Landis's movie, An American Werewolf in London, and wanted a, the video to have a horror movie slant while incorporating the innovative transformation prosthetic scene in that movie. Landis came aboard as director, bringing makeup legend Rick Baker to work on it as well and also co-wrote the screenplay with Jackson. Veteran horror star Vincent Price contributed narration for the clip, just as he did with the original song. The video was the first, and to date only, of its kind to be inducted into the National Film Registry by the Library of Congress, and is widely considered the most influential music video of all time, while the Thriller album remains the best-selling in the world. That transformation in Thriller, uh-huh. I both love it and hate it because it's a really cool Landis transformation, mm-hmm. but it's a big cat monster. Mm. 
It's kind of a goofy looking cat monster. You're talking about the when he's watching the film at the beginning with the girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. The z- zombie transformation. That's, that's the film within a film, right? Yes. No. Yeah, the very beginning part. Of course, I'm not talking about the zombie because zombies not hey, a cat spoilers. monster. Okay, thank you. Yeah, 83 right. said yes. <laughs> it 35 years to watch the damn thing. <laughs> yeah, you're good. You're good. Although, if you have not watched it, the making of thriller video is phenomenal yeah it really is if for no other reason to listen to michael jackson scream that they then turned into the monster roar yep is an impressive transformation i'm just gonna leave it at that Mm. but yes it's coming to imax if you're gonna see the house of the clock in its walls I guess that's the way I'd want to see I, it. Which I kind of want to say. I kind of want to see that. It looks cool. It looks fun. Yeah. Didn't Landis also direct Captain EO? Yes. Okay. No. Scorsese directed Scorsese Cap- did it. Yeah. Okay. Captain EO. I just looked it up too. Twilight Zone came out in 83 too. So that was all happening at once. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about Captain EO the other day because uh, I did get to see it at Disney about uh, six, seven years ago. They had it in Tomorrowland. Mm-hmm. Like... It was weird too because you had to go back down this a- this kind of alleyway thing and around this corner Come and stand in. in front of this weird nondescript door that just had a a, a TV monitor playing the the intro to, you know the, the the Q line stuff for, from the original Captain EO and then you get into the theater and the theater just looks like a normal theater but when it goes into the song the chairs actually start moving back and forth yeah. and kind of in a, in a slight circle motion. But it wasn't the original, uh, according to my friend that I was with, that was not the original theater that they showed Captain EO in, so I don't know. This was at Disneyland? This was at Disneyland, yeah. yeah. Disney World, I believe Epcot had the original EO. But they both had it at one point, uh, right? Yes, yeah. Okay. I think the original one was in Epcot. I could be wrong. Jamie knows. And I saw it in Epcot back in the day. That was my first real experience with 3D. It was super impressive to little me. Right. I'd seen bad 3D up till then with the multi-cloud glasses sure, yeah, yeah. and a special television production of the mask, the cursed mask or whatever that horrible 3D movie was. I don't. It was around the same it. time I saw Barbarella. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. So really young. You're not talking about at the, the Jim same Carrey friend's mask. house. No. Okay. Now this was. It's not the real name, but it's close to it. There was going to be this special presentation on the local UHF channel of this old 3D movie and you could get your glasses at X store. Oh, I remember when they used to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So we got our glasses at X store and we got to stay up late to watch Cursed Mask or whatever it was and the, the, the thing was when the guy puts on the mask, that's when you put on 3D glasses and that was your 3D moment. It wasn't the whole thing. It was just those moments. Right. And it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work, and the movie was terrible. But we got to stay up late. So at least we got that. That was a win. So right I, believe it's yeah. called, I believe it's actually called The Mask, 1961. 1961's The Mask. Mm-hmm. I remember when they did uh, Third Rock from the Sun, they had that whole big 3D event where you had the... Uh, it was the, the polar... It was one of the first times that I can recall... Where they had a TV episode shot in 3D, but they used the the polarized um, glasses to make the 3D effect, and uh, I remember it being okay. It wasn't like now with the like when you see 3D in the theaters, but 
I remember thinking, no, this isn't bad, and at least it's not in that stupid two color, sure, you know, red and green or red and blue. So I'm kind of thankful that I never really saw any of the 3D resurgence of 1983. I did. This is probably about that time that that TV <gasps> station was doing this. Yeah. And but the only one I remember from it, there was of course Friday the Thirteenth 3D, and there was a comedy called Coming At Ya. But those are the only 3D movies. Oh, and Space Hunter. Right. The Forbidden Zone. For, yeah, Adventures of the Forbidden Zone. Those are the only 3D movies from that time that I remember existing. Kirsten, what but, year did Jaws 3D come out? I don't know, but I know the house that it built. Boom! Uh, That's a Michael Caine joke. I actually don't know. Well, I just you're. The, I'm going to guess it's probably around that time. I'm a Jaws fan. It's got to be around '83. It, it, 1983. It stops no. at Jaws. '83 was the big resurgence. '83D. It, it was the Avatar moment of the '80s, mm. and it was Except terrible. It was terrible. Yeah. yeah. They made bad movies. I like her with bad 3D. I like her for the pit. Yeah. Yeah, Jaws 3D is just—it's terrible. What do you like for the pit? Write to us. Comments at uglycouchshow.com. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check Dandy. Maple Leaf Matt. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. Got it. Yeah. What's, what's weird is you, yeah. all those 3D movies of that time, yeah. you still really don't find home versions in no. 3D. No, because no, they're terrible. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. There was a 3D porno, I remember, that there was a big deal to go see, and it involved some of the actors are <laughs> the same actors from You Can't Do That on Television, which was weird. What? Yeah. What, when? About what year was this? Was it at the? What, well, that was a Canadian production. What do you think? Poppy was <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't do it that on softcore. television. Was produced in Canada. Softcore. I'm I'm still kind of confused. Was it the kid actors later or the no. adult actors earlier? <laughs> it was the adult actors earlier. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Kid actors later? Please, please tell me it was later. I mean, oh my god! I may, so, I may be confusing my 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 seventies eighties kids shows. But oh I'm, no, oh. you Andy? No, come on. And it turns out it's like three to one oh. contact or something. <laughs> the cast from Thunder Bay. Oh yeah. The cast from. Uh, never mind. <laughs>